Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. Let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello, all you fellow animation lovers out there. Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind with your host, Tim Nadell. That is me, of course. Make sure you're following us online at Saturday Rewind or my personal one at Tim underscore Nidell. This month's interview is a great one, especially if you're like me and love classic Disney animated films, because I have the wonderfully talented Lisa Davis on the podcast and of course she was a voice of Anita on Disney's 1961 classic 101 Dalmatians. Roger dear, tea time. Cruella, isn't that a new fur coat? A hundred and one? Well where did they all come from? It was one of the first animated Disney movies I remember watching as a kid and I still love it today. I feel like a kid watching it still. The animation is just beautiful. The voiceover just is perfect. Matches every character perfectly. And Lisa did an amazing job as Anita. But did you know that Disney wanted her to voice Cruella DeVille? And of course, we talk about that and voicing Anita in this podcast episode. And Lisa Davis, such a beautiful soul. I mean, so insanely nice. It was such a great time chatting with her. And actually, we spoke for about a half an hour, like a week before the interview. And I found out that she used to live right next to my small town in Montana, just like 15 minutes away. So we referenced that a couple times during the interview. But of course, before I play that, make sure to check us out online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And while you're there, go to the donation tab, just like our producers and executive producers of this podcast episode did. Just like Mike Clemens, he's our executive producer of this episode, as well as Alan S. 86. He is also an executive producer of this episode. And a quick shout out to our producers, Tori Garvin and Gemma Bright. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your continued support. And if you're listening and you want to help us out, jump on over to our donation tab to find out how you can do that. Hey, Toonsters, this is Buster Bunny. No relation to Babs Bunny. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you this very important interview from Saturday Morning Rewind. How are Hold you? Hold on just a okay. second. Let me turn my TV down. I don't know that I can stop my dog from barking. <laughs> I have a new little puppy here. <laughs> well, it, it, it kind so of fits, he, it fits with the interview if there's puppy barking in the background. It does. It, it does, actually. I thought about that. Okay, Tim, here I am. Well, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? How's Hamilton? Doing very well. Uh, we had the fair this weekend, so I took my youngest daughter to that on Friday night, and so that was fun. And uh, smoke is clearing out, so that's always a good thing. Good. Good, yes. The smoke has been terrible here, too. Yeah, I keep seeing the really news. bad. Yeah. Yes. And then on, on top of that, then you have the smog to deal with, so that's not a good thing. You have smog? No, you guys in California. Yeah, yes, yeah, I was going to say, you don't have smog. <laughs> no, hopefully we never no. do have smog. 
No, you don't have smog. <laughs> it's beautiful there. What I love is when you're driving um, into Hamilton from, say, Victor, and you cross over the water yeah. there. Yeah. That's but... such a pretty when you look to your right and look up of the water, you know. Yep. So many pretty places to look at there, you know. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a blessing to live here for sure. It is. A bit hard in the winter. Oh, yeah. You know, when it gets negative uh, 20. It doesn't hit that cold that much, but there's like one week, like in early February, where we could see early, you know, like negative 20s or negative teens. But other than that, you know, if you can get past, you know, anything below 10 degrees, you'll be fine. Good. All right. <laughs> so tell me, how do you use this um, interview? So this is going to be an audio interview. We have a fan base, usually between the ages of 20 to about 45 is my uh, age range. Um, people who grew up with the uh, 1980s cartoons is typically my fan base. So pretty much people who are like me, you know, who grew up loving the stuff I loved when I was a kid, that is the uh, listenership of the show. I see. Good. All right. <laughs> Good. And of course, growing up in the early 80s, I was a huge, huge, huge Disney fan. And uh, of course, mainly the uh, older Disney movies and 101 Dimensions has always been one of my favorite movies ever since I saw it. I think it was when they re-released it in theater in 1985. I think that's the first time I saw Dalmatians. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. And actually, um, most of the people who are currently working at the studios, who of course are not working with hand-drawn animation anymore, it's mm -hmm. CG. And, um, but when I go into the studio, which I do on occasion, they all tell me how they absolutely loved the art yeah. of 101 Dalmatians. Some of Disney's um, most famous artists worked on that. You know, Cruella de Vil was drawn by Mark Davis. Yep. And uh, his rendering of, of Cruella is just absolutely fantastic. My, my character, um, too, just beautiful, beautiful drawings. Um, and the whole technique that they used for that movie is just remarkable. It's so very, very beautiful. It's like and, a, it's a um, piece of art. That's what it is, a piece of art. Yes, I'm very proud to be a part of it. And I actually, as a young lady, when I was doing this, I had no idea at the time what it was going to mean for a lifetime because the Disney classics go on and on and on, and mm -hmm. the fan base for them is enormous, absolutely enormous. Uh, the Disney clubs and D twenty three. Yep. It's it's they they just absolutely adore the classic Disney product, and very often when there is something that I do for them, uh, a signing or something, the people that stand in front of me and what they tell me, what the movie meant to them, how they saw it with their father when they were a child mm -hmm. or how they've taken their grandchildren to see it. or it's, it's really wonderful. And sometimes they bring me 
um, things like blankets oh, and wow. not only pictures, but everything. It's one of the most successfully uh, producted movies of all time. In other words, the Dalmatians, the dogs, the, <laughs> the dishes, the cups, the everything. I mean, I think it takes the record for having the most stuff, you know. Yeah. And they bring me things like baby blankets and 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 sometimes even one time a man even made me cry because he I'm a, a dog lover. Okay. I love dogs. I I'm a great fan of animals, especially dogs. And um he bought me a picture of his dog whom he had named Perdita. Aww. And the dog had passed the dog was no longer living, but he told me, and with tears in his eyes, how much wow. she and the movie meant to him. And it's it, it's just really incredible how it goes on and on and on. The other day, actually, I signed 350 pictures Wow! at a signing with somebody with me called an authenticator uh, who authenticates that it's actually you signing and I went to a local hotel and they had rented a room for the day it only took me a couple of hours but I signed 350 pictures <laughs> and every day I get in the mail I get requests for pictures um, most often they do send me a stamped addressed envelope and yeah. a picture which yeah. is the only way I can do it because I have so much going on all of the time I simply couldn't afford to be sending pictures and paying the postage <laughs> to China and Russia and all over the world all over the world wow uh, it's it's just absolutely incredible so about once a month I sit down <laughs> at my table and I open all of these letters and read the letters and read what it has meant to people and it, it's just incredible it's, yeah as I say, and I had no idea when I sat there reading, auditioning, and actually got the role, how much this would all mean over so many, many, many years, you know. Yeah. And Not it, much you do. There's one other movie that I did. This is just a, a horrible, terrible movie called <laughs> Queen of Outer Space. And that movie lives on because it's so damn bad. <laughs> you know how that happens? With yep, movies I do. that are really bad, <laughs> they become cult yep. movies. Well, yep. it's a cult movie. I, I and everybody to... knows the lines. <laughs> and I was in this movie. So I have two that they, they always request. Wow. Never as much as 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> but Queen of Outer Space comes in second. So I need to watch that one. I've never heard of that one. Oh, it's just wonderful. It stars Zsa Zsa Gabor. Okay. Need I say more? Yep, yep. Zsa Zsa Gabor at her worst, you know. <laughs> and uh, it, it, But anyway, that was a long, long time ago. And uh, there was wow. one good thing about that was I met my husband. Oh, there you on go. That movie. There you go. He was the lead male actor. Wow. And um, that's how we met. Yeah, so it's a good thing you did that film then. Yes, it is. It is. 
So you talked about the audition process for Dalmatians. I read that you initially were to- were asked to read for Cruella. Is that correct? Yes, I was. And the reason for that was is that uh, Walt Disney, when he originally was planning Cruella de Vil, again, Zsa, Zsa Gabor was very, very popular at one period, say in the 50s. And, um, you know, she was famous for fur coats and diamonds and wealth and the good things in life. And he felt it would be fun if Cruella had a slightly Zsa, Zsa Gabor oh. accent. And because I had worked with Zsa, Zsa Gabor on this dreadful movie, I had learned how to imitate her very, very well. <laughs> and he knew that I could do that. And he called me in to read for Cruella de Vil. And I was in a small room, actually with Walt Disney. Wow. And he was reading the part of Anita. And I was truly struggling with Cruella de Vil because I was, it wasn't me. Cruella was was definitely not me even with a Georgia Gabor accent it was wrong uh-huh, for me uh-huh. so I had this terrible dilemma of trying to figure out how to tell Mr. <laughs> Disney the great Walt Disney that he'd made a mistake in calling me in for Cruella wow <laughs> and I said so I said to him excuse me sir as we're reading this I realize that I am much, much more Anita than I am Cruella. And he said, well, would you like to, would you like to read Anita instead? And I said, oh, I'd love to. May I? Hmm. He said, yes, of course. So we switched roles. And that's how I became Anita. So that was not his original choice for me. I, I had, my experience with Walt Disney had started long ago. I was a child actress in England. And when I was about, I started working when I was six years of age. And I can still find that movie on the television. I can still pull that up, Hmm. an English movie. But I did a movie with Sir David Lean, who wasn't Sir David Lean at the time. His name was David Lean. And Walt Disney saw this movie and felt that I looked like Alice in Wonderland. And at that time, he was he was planning Alice in Wonderland. And his original concept for Alice in Wonderland was to have a live Alice and animate around her. Yep. So he brought me from England. You know, all of his original work was that way. He, he, one of his first projects was called Out of the Inkwell. And it was where a live Alice was with characters that came out of the inkwell, drawn. But when it became the project to do an entire movie with a live person and animating around her, it became too much of a, uh, too difficult. So he changed his mind and decided to animate Alice and sent me back to England. Very, very disappointed little girl. No kidding. Very, very disappointed. Oddly enough, I knew the, the young girl who voiced Alice, 
Kathy Beaumont, her mm-hmm. name, because we had gone to school together in England. Wow. But she was living in America at the time. Her parents had come to America, and uh, I wasn't. So it was easier to use her for the voice, which she also did Wendy in Peter Pan. She did, yeah. And uh, so Walt Disney had remembered me, actually, which huh. was very, very sweet of him. And that's why I got the call to go in to read for Cruella. But he was very, very kind to me. He was he was very sweet, very, very nice. And I enjoyed being around him very, very much. The actual project itself was done differently than they do it today. Um, today, they don't take as long with the voice work as we did then. You know, I would go into the studio and they would have one line maybe that they wanted me to read and of course it was all over the all over the walls all the drawings over the walls in a in a in a big studio and they'd say all right the line today is it's tea time roger it's tea time darling and they would show me the picture of me <laughs> doing that and then I would record that one line as many different ways as you can possibly imagine. From it's tea time, Roger. Roger, darling, it's tea time. Tea time, Roger, tea time. You know, any every different way you could possibly say that line. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that would be all that I would do. Uh, that would be like the day's work. Huh. I mean, it didn't take a day, but that was the reason they called me in to get that one line. Today, I believe they record it much more at one time, and they record if there's more than one person in the scene, they record together. I never worked with anybody. Oh, wow. I was always by myself, and they just did my my lines, and, you know, it... But I, I never stood there with anybody else. Never stood there with Cruella. You know, they were all individually recorded. So the uh, black and white pictures that I've seen online of you with some Dalmatians next to uh, Ben Wright, the voice of Roger, that's just publicity shots then? Right. Okay. Yes. Never, never recorded together, no. And Ben Wright, I knew, I knew Ben Wright before we went into that movie. And also, um, part of the time, the dog, Perdita, was played by an English lady called Lisa Daniels. And uh, Lisa Daniels and I had done a movie with Betty Davis called The Virgin Queen. So I I knew Lisa Daniels, but we never worked together. (laughs) We never worked together. I was always by myself. Well, that's a shame. And I went... No, it was all right. It was that the way they did it then. I mean, there was we didn't know any other way, so I couldn't say to myself, oh, this is a shame, I'm not working with anybody. <laughs> that was the way it was done. And I was under contract to Walt Disney, but not for what you call first call. In other words, the picture, my my participation took about three years in the movie. Hmm. So they put you under contract with what they call second call, meaning that if you are already working on the day they want you, let's say they want you next Tuesday, and you've got a job, you're already working, you're doing Perry Mason over at a studio in Mm -hmm. Hollywood, 
then they they take the first available day they can get after that. Okay. And they send a limousine for you and take you to the studio. And it's really very lovely. And it was a wonderful time because, you know, in the 50s, the majority of studios fell apart due to television coming in with such a Mm -hmm. roar. So studios like MGM and 20th Century Fox and Paramount and the big studios really declined and their product declined. That's why you had dreadful movies like Queen of Outer Space. (laughs) You know, they they didn't have the big studio roster of stars, the, the Clark Gables, the... Ava Gardner's, the Lana Turner's, that had all faded away. So when you worked for Walt Disney and you went to the studio, it was like going from driving a tin can to a Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> because the studio was still producing quality films. And it was a joy to go to the commissary, for instance. The, the commissary was wonderful, where you could have lunch. And Walt Disney would always come into the commissary to eat, which was nice to see him sitting at a table in the commissary, you yeah. know. And um, but it was it was a quality product among really shabby stuff that you were almost ashamed of working on. You know, you didn't even you didn't even want to tell people what you were doing <laughs> because I mean I did some really bad movies because that's what they were making at the time. You know, Queen of Outer Space, um, another one, a western called The Dalton Girls, which also has a following. It's a western. I I'm a heavy. I play the heavy in the movie, which is very strange, but I do. Oh, wow. And um, anyway, it was a pleasure to work for Disney, as it is today. When you go to the studio, it's just so, so well done and so beautiful. The the commissary is still wonderful. The sound stages are wonderful. You are aware that you're part of a very classy product. Yeah. You know, it's... um, and I have many friends who are animators, um, some who would not convert to computer animation. Yeah. One of those is a man called Andreas Deja. Oh, he is one of my favorites. He's a dear friend of mine. Oh, wow. And when I first met him many, many years ago, he did the most wonderful drawing of me, copying the style in which I was drawn in 101 Dalmatians, uh-huh. and um, he became a, a wonderful friend because we would do lectures together. We'd go to the Art Institute, and uh, he would have a method of, of showing up on a screen as he drew. <laughs> um, and it was lovely. Andreas is a, a wonderful, dear man, and of course, his work is incredible. I have another friend who was worked with him all of the time at at Disney on characters like Scar in The Lion King was, of course, Andreas and Jafar in Aladdin and uh, let's see Lilo, Lilo and Mm -hmm. Lilo and Mm -hmm. Stitch, he did Lilo 
And, you know, he's held out for hand animation. He will not do the computer animation. So he's no longer actually working for Disney, but he's definitely a Disney legend. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah, he's my favorite living Disney animator out there. So talented. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, so talented. Well, he lives very near me here. He's a neighbor. Oh, wow. And uh, I go up to his house <laughs> and visit with him, and sometimes we go out to dinner, and uh, he's wonderful. He's just, he's got a project that he's doing now uh, that is uh, hand-drawn, his own story and his own it's an incredible piece that will, you know, it's been delayed, of course, due to COVID and mm -hmm. what have you. But eventually it will be out, and I know that it will take an Academy Award. Oh, that's amazing. In the short film category, oh. yes. Wow. I think it's called The Girl and the Tiger. Okay, yeah, I've been hearing about that for the past couple of years. Have you? Yeah, yes, yeah. I've seen it. And it's it's just beautiful. It's actually just beautiful. Well, I am definitely and, uh, looking forward to that. all of his work, and it's about a Siberian tiger, you know, and uh, it's wonderful. Wow. It's just wonderful. Well, next time you talk to him, if he's ever interested on coming on a show like mine, give him my phone number. I, I would absolutely love to talk to that guy. He is one of my yes, inspirations. he's very special. He's very special. Well, since we're talking about animators, let's talk about the animator of, of Roger and Anita, Milt Call, the great Milt Call, yes. of course. Was he was he present for some of your recording sessions to kind of get yes, some expressions? He was. Yes, and they took a lot of pictures of me. And if you see the pictures that the studio took of me as Anita sitting on a bench, there's one of me sitting on a bench reading a book. Um you can see where they got Anita from. Mm -hmm. yep. Even though they actually did have somebody who did the action part, I think it was Helene Stanley, but uh, it's my face. Yeah, and I've yes, seen those. Call, the great milk call, absolutely. What a, what a group of people those that, the, you know, the nine old men were, my God. <laughs> yeah, my the talent of those people. My favorite Disney animator of all time is Ollie Johnson. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's one of the nine old men. He is, yep. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's such a different world there now, you know. When you go, you go to feature animation, which has an entire floor, and they're all on computers. They're all, you know, they're all on computers. Uh, one of my friends, uh, her name is Kathy Bailey. She, I don't know whether you saw Frozen 2. Did you see Frozen 2? I have, two? yeah, I have. Okay, she did the horse. Okay. The water, the yeah. water horse. But to see that all on computers is incredible. I mean, it's, and of course, they're all able to work from home now if they want to. Okay. Nobody's been in the studio for months and months and months and wow. months. So they all have their computers at home and then they have their Zoom meetings. And they've just finished, they've just finished a picture. In fact, they finished it this week, I think. I don't know when it's going to come out. They've just finished one. But I would say that... The people who are there now, including, say, Kathy Bailey, 
are people who survived the transition from hand-drawn to computer animation. Mm, yep. And most of those, a lot of those, and I'm not talking about Andreas because he's at the top of the game, obviously. Yeah. But a lot of them, you know, wound up as doing coffee at Starbucks. You know, I mean, there, there was such a cut in the in the talent at the studio that uh, so many of them could not make the transition yeah, from hand-drawn. There's a big difference between hand-drawn and computer animation. Yes, a big, big difference. Anyway, I've never owned a Dalmatian. <laughs> I don't suggest that anybody owns a Dalmatian. In fact, the the um, rescue societies dread the picture coming out. Oh, wow. That people go out and get Dalmatian, and then they realize three months in that the dog is too much for them to handle. Yeah, I've heard that. Dogs, very difficult dogs. And then they send them to the dog kennel, you know, and uh, they've got all of these dogs to be adopted on their hands. I've never had a Dalmatian. My grandchild has one and called me with great delight telling me, and I said, oh, you've made a big mistake. <laughs> And he said, how could you say that to me? I said, because you've made a big mistake. <laughs> so he calls me now and then and he says, you were right. Oh, man. <laughs> this dog is crazy. <laughs> oh, boy. Jumping over the couch. Yeah. I said, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Wow. But, uh, yes, it was, it was the job of a lifetime. And as I say, it, it's just remarkable to me how all of these years have passed and you can go and see it and it's still as fresh as the day it came out. Yeah, and what's great is that in 100 years when both you and I are gone, it's still going to be living on. Yes, yes. Always new generations of children. And you know, I must tell you, and I know this is a very prejudicial remark on my behalf, but I don't find myself nearly as excited about going to see the new animated movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's because I'm part of the past, but the style of them, uh, it just doesn't touch. I mean, when you see something like Bambi yep. or Dumbo or, you know, some of these wonderful classics, there's, there's more heart Yes, that's what I was going to say. And, and you know what it is, is if it, if, it, if it touches your heart, it stays in your heart. And that's why children remember, you know, when Bambi's mother is killed and Bambi's walking through the forest saying, Mother, Mother, you know. Yep. I mean, it broke your heart. I, I can't even watch that today. Yeah. I can't watch Dumbo's mother sing Baby Mine. Oh. You know, I mean, it, these movies really touched you. And I don't find that with movies like Wreck-It Ralph or, yeah. you know, the movies that you see today. Even though they're well done and well received, they just, to me, don't have the touch of the hand-drawn animation. And I'm in the same mindset as you. Something happened when they switched over to CG. And when you look at the character's eyes, there's no soul to those characters, it There's seems no like. There's no soul in the eyes, and the eyes all, for some reason or other, to me, they, the eye always sort of turns in. It doesn't look, yeah. it doesn't look like a real eye. Yeah. 
um, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with anime. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. But um, hold on, this little puppy is now biting my. <laughs> talking about, I've got this. I've got a new puppy here. She's three months old, and she is a chug, <laughs> which is a chihuahua and a pug combined. Oh, so cute. She is cute, but she bites. Yeah, she's being so good, though. I don't, I don't hear any noises. She's doing so good. She's been very good. She's been very good. She decided to be quiet for the interview. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> well, I just have a couple more, maybe just a couple more minutes. So, All right. Walt, Walt Disney is, he's the person I look up to in life, honestly. Besides my dad, who passed away, Walt Disney is somebody who I, I truly admire. So knowing that you met him and those amazing stories you told me already about him, were there any other stories that may come up that you can think of of Walt Disney? Oh, well, you know, my my husband felt the same way about Walt Disney that you do. He he couldn't get over Walt Disney. I mean, to me, he was he actually he called him Uncle Walt. Yeah. I don't know why. We certainly were not related, but he had he felt he was like a member of his family. And of course when I was working at the studio and my husband would come and have lunch with me rarely, but he did come and have lunch. And Walt Disney would walk into the commissary, my husband would almost faint <laughs> because here was the real Walt Disney and it, he was very kind, and I remember my husband said to me, do you think he'd mind if I, I went up to him and asked him if I could shake his hand? And, of course, I'm very against all of that sort of stuff. I, 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 don't, I don't like it. I don't like to bother people in their mm -hmm. private time, you know, when they're eating lunch or something. But my husband was so excited. I said, well, yes, if you must. And, of course, he did. And Walt Disney was very, very very polite Amazing. and very, very nice and thanked him very much for coming up to say hello. There was that. I remember that. And then another time, Disneyland was in the process <clears throat> of, of developing rides. It had already opened, but there were, there were new rides. And he was designing a ride at the time. And he said to me, would you like to see it? And I said, oh, I, I'd love to see it. Would you show it to me? He said, I've got a mock-up of it. And he took me and he showed me the model and and very excitedly showed me every everything, you know. And it even had little trees, I remember, you know, where trees would be. And it, it was incredible. And he was so proud to show it to me. And so when I met my husband, actually, the first date that I had with him, because, of course, my husband adored anything Disney, and <laughs> Disneyland was like the epitome of everything, and he took me to Disneyland on our first date. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely perfect, you know, and um, so it, it was, it was, it was truly wonderful to see the new rides that he was planning, you know, because, hold on one second, this little okay. one has now decided to choose something. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, it, it, it was a great period of my life. 
it has remained a great period of my life. And whenever I go to the studio, they always want me to say one line for some reason or other, and that is, it's tea time, Roger. It's tea time, darling. <laughs> and they just fall over when I say <laughs> because they've watched it so many times. Yep, same and, here. Um, it, it's, it's just wonderful. It's been a wonderful, wonderful thrill to be a part of 101. Um, I haven't seen Cruella. I haven't seen much of the new stuff. I, I'm such a purist for the original. Yeah, I don't watch the but, remakes uh, either. I've never seen any of the remakes, honestly. No, I haven't seen any of them either, other than if it's an accident, if they're on yeah, television yep. or something. But <laughs> I've never consciously gone to a movie house. But any time they re-release, um, for instance, on one of the re-releases a few years ago, two or three years ago, we did a companion piece to go along with the DVD, and it's called Sincerely Yours, Walt Disney. And what it is, is when, when he was planning 101 Dalmatians, he wrote many, many letters to the woman who wrote 101, Dodie. And, of course, those letters they cannot find. So they, re, they, they simulated what he had written to hmm. her, but they do have the letters that she wrote oh, wow. because they're in the archives at Disney. So, you know, she she's much like in the case of Mary Poppins, where the woman who wrote Mary Poppins was very careful about yep. how yep. he did Mary Poppins. Dodie was also very, very conscious of how she didn't want anything changed because she said millions of children love Perdita and Anita and the characters please don't change them. So there's a lovely feature called, as I say, Sincerely Yours, Walt Disney. And I read Dodie's letters. Oh, wow. And they have a man who does Walt Disney and sounds exactly like Walt Disney. Wow. So they simulated his letters based on her answers going back okay. and forth. And it's a lovely companion piece on one of the re-release editions of 101 Dalmatians. Okay. And it's called, see if you can find it, Tim. It's lovely. Sincerely yeah. yours, Walt Disney. Yeah, I have the latest Blu-ray release. It's probably on there. So I need to check that out to see if it's there. Yeah, check it out. Yes. Sincerely yours, Walt Disney. Okay. Yeah, as a huge Walt fan, I think it's probably going to give me goosebumps. Yes. And the man who does it is just remarkable. He's, he's remarkable the way he emulates uh, Walt Disney. Wow. And where, so, where were you when you heard the news of Walt's passing? I was here in Studio City, where I, where I have lived for a long time. I, although I was born in England and miss it terribly, my, my, my soul is in England and my heart is here. But I, I was here in my home where I have been, oddly enough, for almost 60 years. 
I don't move around very much, with the exception <laughs> of that lovely visit to Hamilton and yeah, Victor yeah. That, that I had, which I loved. I really loved uh Beautiful, beautiful place. Those mountains. Yep, it's amazing here. And what is it? The three, the three sisters. I don't know what they, they call are. It the three sisters. I don't know what they are. The honestly, three peaks, out like above Derby. Yeah. Three sisters. Huh. I think they call it the three sisters. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's but, this is where they film Kevin Costner's TV show Yellowstone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been on. I've been on In two Derby. episodes. Yep, I've been on two episodes. Have you? Yeah, Good I played I played a deputy sheriff with Kevin in one scene. It's coming out this coming season, and then I played a uh, state trooper in season two. Good for you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good. Yes, it is fun. That's a good show. Yeah, it is. Well, all I right. like Kevin Costner. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's one of my, he's one of my favorites too. So being in a scene with Kevin, I was on cloud nine that whole day. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. And how old is your daughter? I have three daughters. Um, one is, the youngest is nine, and then I have a uh, 14-year-old and a 17-year-old. I've got a 17-year-old grandchild who will be 17 on September 24th. Oh, wow. It's coming up. Yes. Very close. Very close. Yep. Well, you're very rich, then, if you have three lovely daughters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. They they give me gray hair now and my hair is falling out, but I'll take that over anything else, you know. I know. I know. 17 is not an easy age. The teenage <laughs> years are not they're terrible here. I'm sure they're better they, where you are. 17, she's doing pretty good. It's it's the 14-year-old's getting a little crazy, but you know, she's still great though. Good. Good. Is there anything else I can answer for you, Tim? I don't think so, Lisa. This has been amazing. Like I said, I love everything Disney, especially the older movies, and Dalmatians is one of my favorites, so this has been truly amazing. Well, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And good luck with everything, and give my love to Hamilton. Absolutely, (laughs) I will. (laughs) What is the name of the main store? There's a big sort of... Somewhat of a department store. There's Ford's? The Ford's, yes. I yep. went to Ford's. I, I'd shop at Ford's. <laughs> yeah, it's a good yes. store. A lot of good stores on Main Street. Yes, yes. Were you born there, Tim? I wasn't. I was actually born in Arizona, but I'm from Reno, Nevada. That's where I'm originally from. Okay, and how come you settled in Hamilton? My uh, parents moved here probably about 15 years ago. Because my grandparents lived here for many, many years. And we were living out of state, of course, and my dad's health was declining. So I wanted to move here to get closer to him so I can, you know, say goodbye and and have my kids know him as well. Right, know him. Exactly. Yep. So that's why we've been here and we love it. You know, good school district, you know, not too much crime. So we, we, we stuck it out here. Yes, I know. I I really enjoyed. I had some good time there. I met some nice people and uh, really, really lovely. Gosh, beautiful. Yeah. So it was a pleasure speaking with you, Tim. Call me anytime you wish. Okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much. You you know where I am. I do. And, um, all right, my love. God right. bless you. You too. Thank you. And uh, you're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.